Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and finally feel vindicated about its shit-tastic adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good and suddenly popular thing. Why do critics give this show up? And here with me are Julia. Hello. Caroline. Hi, everybody. And Yana. Hi. The four of us write for thefandamentals.com, a website for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. Also really weird mobile pop-ups that we are working on resolving right now. So hopefully by the time you're listening to it, the engineers will have figured out what is causing that. However, if you like the quality of our writing on the website, you might want to consider supporting us and becoming a Fundamentals Plus subscriber. If you go to the main page, there's a little FM Plus button. And for less than a in-frame latte a month... <laughs> they actually have a dragon drink. <laughs> a dragon drink. Oh my god. They do. Way to, way to cash in Starbucks. Uh, for less than a dragon drink, <laughs> you can become a Fandamentals Plus subscriber. It's a $3 a month charge or $30 a year, and that will give you access to exclusive articles and podcasts and live hangouts. And I'm sure Julia and I are going to do a live hangout at the end of the season <sighs> to discuss whatever the hell it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be discussing, like, Checklist or Aspo. Oh, God. <laughs> be great. So now, much fun. So much tequila. For any <laughs> new listeners to this podcast, we are a Game of Thrones critical podcast. Mm-hmm. and We did it before it was cool. Ugh. Yes, we did. We've been like totally critical for three years. <laughs> but like actually we have More like receipts and stuff. Four to five. <laughs> <laughs> And we have built a series of weird analyses and jokes <laughs> on top of themselves that kind of feed into each other. Yeah. So we're like a genuine subculture. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so Jamie and Cersei on this podcast are referred to as Cheryl and Larry. Mm-hmm. 
And you can find out why we call them that in the Book Snob Glossary. If you just Google it, it'll come up. Uh, other than that, I think we should be pretty easy to follow. But one thing you should know about us is that we stopped giving showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss, we call them D&D, the benefit of the doubt, like, a really long mm-hmm. time ago. Yep. So mm-hmm. so we kind of, like, fell away from being like, oh, hey, why did Sansa say this thing? And we're, we're more like, why did they make her say this thing that's so stupid? <laughs> yeah. Which is apparently a very hard concept to grasp for most people. <laughs> <laughs> not lately, I don't think, with this show. But I'm just saying that might feel a little jarring. We're not here to like really be digging into what it was that Danny was feeling at the party. We're just going to be talking about the writing mm-hmm. and why yeah. the show's a little bit off. Uh, others who listen do not watch the show for mm-hmm. pretty solid reasons, I would say. <laughs> As a result, we have a recapper from the Legend of Korra universe, Shiro Shinobi, with us, who Yay. will walk you through the events of this episode called The Last of the Starks. All Take right. it away, Shiro. This week on Game of Thrones. Our heroes of Winterfell bury their dead, if only we knew more than four of them. It's definitely a somber party that follows, however, until Daenerys, possibly invigorated by her Starbucks latte, decides to randomly make Gendry the Lord of Storm's End. Uh, Danny, you do realize you just gave him a better claim to the Iron Throne than you have, right? It's a good old drinking party from there on out, complete with a game of Never Have I Ever between the Lannister Brothers, Pardon, Brienne. However, things take a very awkward turn when Tyrion surmises that Brienne is a virgin. She storms off and Jamie follows her and the two proceed to have sex. Wait, haven't I read this on AO3? Sansa <laughs> briefly chats with Sandor, telling him she's glad she was raped because otherwise she wouldn't have become empowered. Can you believe that men wrote this episode? <laughs> John, meanwhile, is praised by Tormund and the Wildlings as being amazing for his ability to ride a dragon. Dunny, three feet away and completely ignored, gets sad. Later, she seeks out John for some sexy times, but he pulls away because, you know, she's his aunt. What a spoil sport! She tells him that all could be right between them again if he just promises to keep his true identity secret forever. Uh, Daddy, you're still his aunt! <laughs> The next morning, Danny is quick to secure that claim even more by immediately planning to take out Cersei in King's Landing. Her allies now apparently include a new Prince of Dawn, who is on her side for reasons. When Sansa suggests that the troops might want a quick breather after, you know, the running with the literal walking dead, Danny gets incredibly agitated and insists on the instant timeline. She's <laughs> determined that a small group of Unsullied and Danny will set sail for Dragonstone while John will ride down the King's Road with the Northern troops. After all, Tyrion's divide and conquer plans have always worked out so well. <laughs> the Stark siblings gather together in the God's Woods so Arya and Sansa can tell John how worried they are about Danny. She's not one of them, unlike John, who is totally their brother, right? Right? John, who cannot tell a lie, decides to inform Sansa and Arya that his true parents were Rhaegar and Lyanna, just like Ned would have done. But fear not, Danny, he made them pinky promise not to say anything. 
A few short minutes later, Sansa and Tyrion get to chatting and she deduces that he's totally scared of Danny. Therefore, she tells him all about John's true parentage, knowing that this will set off a chain reaction resulting in support for John on the, on the throne or something. <laughs> all the troops leave except for Jamie and Brienne because they're totally a power couple now. We hope nothing randomly breaks them up. <laughs> on the way to Dragonstone, Tyrion and Varys handling about what to do with the Mad Queen Danny. Clearly they can't marry her to John since she's too strong-willed for him. Varys casually suggests assassination. Why not? Outside, Danny forgets about the Iron Fleet for reasons, and boy is it a shock when Rhaegal is shot down with pinpoint accuracy by Euron and his men, who all have giant scorpions all mounted on their boats. Danny considers burning all their ships to the ground, but cannot get close for fear of Drogon going down too. The Iron Fleet proceeds to decimate literally all of Daddy's boats, and while some stragglers make it to the beach of Dragonstone, including, of course, various Tyrion Grey Worm, Missandei has been captured! This knowledge travels instantly to Winterfell, where Sansa and Brienne tell Jamie. Jamie realizes this means Cersei is as good as dead, since Danny won't likely use restraint anymore. So he totally ditches the new GF to go back to the waifu. That waifu, meanwhile, has decided to bring everyone from King's Landing into the courtyard of the Red Keep, knowing that Danny will have to burn them all down if she wants to kill Cersei. Well, that's all well and good, I suppose, but where do they poop? <laughs> Some indeterminate amount of time later, Danny, Tyrion, and about four unsullied arrive outside the keep to treat with Cersei. She has positioned scorpions on top of the castle walls, and oh no! She's positioned Bassande there too, who she threatens to kill if Danny doesn't surrender on the spot. Tyrion tries to talk sense into the Cersei, explaining she'll be allowed to live if she surrenders to all six of them, but Cersei ignores this and beheads Missande, whose final words are Dracaris. Danny and Grey Worm both look ready to take that to heart. What will happen next on Game of Thrones? Well, we'll need to sit through another battle episode to find out, obviously. <sighs> Thanks, Shiro. Wow. So I just watched the episode because I couldn't watch it last night. Oh, and it is still... The specialness is still super fresh in my memory. <laughs> what was your favorite yeah. part? Uh, I don't know. Was it the part when the dragon died in the middle of the episode or Gendry was made Lord of Storm's End or there was a Starbucks <laughs> cup on the table? I mean, there's like a lot to choose from. Okay, let's talk about the Starbucks cup. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. It's an oversight. Yeah. Shouldn't I happen. Mean, Did happen. It's funny. Yeah. Starbucks it, gets a nice marketing I mean, kick out of it. Of, they have a dragon drink now. Yes, uh, Out of all the things to complain about in this episode, that's like at the very bottom. I yeah. think it's just showing how lazy it is. But I, I got yeah. an ask that was like, "It's really bad that that's the least embarrassing part of this episode." <laughs> yeah, exactly. and that pretty much sums up my feelings. The okay. cup is actually a metaphor for the amount of shits they give about the, <laughs> about anything regarding the show. By by now, right, oh my god, I, I have a Game of Thrones related confession to make. Did um, you get a dragon drink? That is no, I did not, but I'm going to. Um, but that is related to the Star, like the tangentially related to Starbucks cup. Back in the day when I was in college, I was involved in making some various Game of Thrones parodies, none of which ever actually made it to the internet, thank God. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the jokes that we had in there was that Daenerys was like a hipster, and so Ooh. she had a Starbucks cup all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we, we I kind of love that. We made up like a I forgot what the, we made up a coffee brand. It was Viserys Golden Roast. Mm-hmm. And we like made oh, like a, really good. yeah we made like a fake cup and we always had Daenerys with the coffee cup. So seeing it was just like hilarious. That's amazing <laughs> because honestly. of that. So I assume that that's Viserys Golden Roast that she's drinking okay. uh, at the table. <laughs> Makes just as much sense as anything else, really. I mean, frankly, given that the only beverage at that party was a giant horn of beer, like it was wine. I get it. it was a giant horn of wine. It was red. It was red wine. It was, was it Arbor Gold? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's low hanging fruit, but we had to go there. Um. So look, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who are like not fandom oriented at all. It's mostly like political commenters and stuff. But mm-hmm. everyone watches Game of Thrones because it's Game of Thrones, yeah. and. Mm-hmm. I have not found one person saying anything positive about this episode. So I listened to this podcast you may have heard of. It's called um, Even More News. And yeah, for I the know past that. For the past three weeks, they've been devoting half of their show to Game of Thrones, and it's really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Maybe this week will actually be enjoyable. Oh, Are yeah, they really positive or negative? Well, we had randomness. This is really random and really obscure, but after last week, my favorite professional Overwatch player, I am so sorry, on his fake news show, I am so sorry, actually also said this was the worst episode ever, which I strongly disagree with after this week, but it kind of vindicated me. (laughs) It did vindicate me. So, like, did we do it? Is the Emperor naked now? I mean, it's clearly... I think the Emperor is caught in a gust. I don't think the Emperor is naked. I I won't trust... (laughs) That and people actually have a critical outlook on this until the season ends, and they're still critical. Um, we can't see the balls shrivel in, in a cool breeze. Yeah, like I think yeah. like it's it's. Uh, we were talking about how it's probably analogous to Lost in that a lot of people will just hold out hope until the end, mm-hmm. and once it ends, and like you know, they're still not satisfied by so the narrative. I wasn't. Maybe... I wasn't ever in the Lost fandom, so I don't. I wasn't like around when that happened. So, yeah. but I've heard this comparison before. So, what what exactly yeah. happened when Lost ended? No, just there's, yeah, there's all these, like, mysteries, like, all these questions about, like, the island and stuff that were, like, never, ever answered. I, I mean, Julia, you're kind of underselling it. That is yeah. what the show was based on. Yeah. Was this mysterious uh-huh. island. Mm-hmm. And basically, at the end, they were like, we're not solving it. And by the way, the mysteries never mattered. It, it was, was always about, about the characters. characters. Except the characters were just milk toast. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, like, half the fandom was like, oh my god, it's been all about the characters. And the other half was like, what the fuck did I just spend six years watching? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Then I think that that might be, that is probably a good predictor of something. I mean, unless yeah. unless they write an amazing last two episodes. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure they'll pull sure. it out of their ass for the last two episodes when they haven't done it in eight years. But, like, I don't actually know that anyone's going to be coming back to this because what we're talking about is, as Jess put in her you know review title characters are just getting jettisoned from their mm-hmm. arcs like it's not even it's not even subtle we just we now have a mad queen Daenerys we now have Jamie totally going back to Cersei because that's his forever girl I guess like okay. John just let's, let's, ditched ghosts let's like, start what? talking through the plots because you're, you're starting to hit on some of the the issues mm-hmm. you know like let's like Daenerys is suddenly crazy I don't understand. I've never, I have not understood this tension of, oh no, now John is a potential, um, inheritor of the Iron Throne. It's like, literally, you're already banging each other. Just get yeah. married. What, oh, this boy. is the simplest example, the simplest solution. 
to this problem. Yeah, I was, I was going on about this last night. I mean, like, for the first half of the episode, everyone in our live chat was screaming, just get married, just get married. Mm-hmm. And then they did eventually bring it up, only to immediately dismiss it because, like, of the stupidest uh, reasons. Yeah, no, no, that made any sense. That whole conversation with Tyrion and Varys where they're like, oh, we have to control her. She can't yeah, well, marry him because says, she's too oh, powerful. Incest, but then Tyrion is like... That's stupid. This would not be considered incest in this setting yeah, under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. And in any way, they're targs, so who cares? Embrace it. Yeah, and Viveris says something like bullshit about like the North not accepting it, except there was holy has been Stark, uh, uh, nep- uh, Stark uncle niece uh, marriages. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's and, not even um, uncommon. Although I will say, like, just adding slight insight from the outside the episode inside mm-hmm. the episode interviews whatever it is D actually think that flies they're like well danny's used to the idea of family members being lovers but john's not yeah i, I watched the outside in, outside inside the episode also played after my episode that i just yeah. watched and it burned my ears um but it, it, yeah they said that they were like he's not like used to that but also you think about the fact that they're not at all socialized as aunt and yeah. nephew. I mean, like, no. incest yeah. in Westeros seems to be restricted to, like, parents and children and siblings, and that's really yes. it. Like, first cousin Mary yeah. is totally acceptable. And John never even had an aunt. He doesn't even know what that's supposed to be like. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so there's that aspect. And then the Varys Tyrion conversation, Julia, that you brought up mm-hmm. ends on this conclusion that, like, Danny is basically too strong-willed and yeah. John is too much of a fucking idiot who doesn't care about ruling that even if they were co-rulers, Danny would just steamroll him anyway. Yeah, and so... And, and that's fine, because so one of the That means that John is going to be a better king because he has that strong of a will. <laughs> so what's the, what's the solution to this? Find her a husband who will... Adequately chastise her? No, no. Varys, like, literally suggests killing her. I know. I know. But what's Tyrion's solution to this? Well, the Tyrion's solution is that they get married. Which is a perfectly good solution. It's the only solution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, well, I, I don't... And it's I, the most obvious thing ever. No, I take that bitch out and put John on the throne. After you've just said that he's, like, that much of a pushover. Right. And like, this is an episode where Sansa's talking about what a great candidate John is for the or just she says to Tyrion, like, what if there's someone better? And it's like, yeah. really, Sansa? Like, you want John on the throne? You think he's qualified? Well, what I suppose makes- you can argue that she only wants him on the throne because that would, like, guarantee Northern independence. But like, she like, doesn't him care about anything hair. that happens south. We as the audience are supposed to kind of want John's claim over Danny, right? Well, everyone, everyone is talking about what a great leader John is, how he inspires people, and you're like, I guess Tormund isn't to him. He had like three friends at a at a frat party. Like, how is He's that quality? Been dramatically failing his way upwards the social ladder since what season four? Yeah, remember that time all the Northern Lords were like, Sansa, we made a mistake and want you to be our queen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that was two, no, one season ago, like a whole week or something. How do you remember expect anyone to remember that? Remember that time where he lost his temper and went charging alone into an opposing army? When? Which one? <laughs> remember that time he screamed at a dragon for no reason? <laughs> Caroline, he killed that dragon by screaming. Also, remember that time he kneeled away Northern Independence to someone who was already going to fight with him? Yeah, but only Liana was ever upset about that, and she's kind of been dealt with. <laughs> I mean... The, the, the I guess the summer. This point is that the the ten- tension, quote unquote, between Daenerys and John is totally pointless because it could easily be solved with a really logical marriage. 
as as this kind of political tension is regularly solved in Westeros. And on the other hand, I think this whole conflict really suffers from the fact that nobody is capable of really articulating what a claim to the throne even is. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this the last thing with Cersei would have been the perfect opportunity to bring up that, no, she has no claim to anything. Where does it come from? John's claim is so unprovable yeah. if you don't believe into I mean, you have of powers. And Danny's claim, Danny's claim is not from the fact that she's from a, de- from a sort of delegitimized ousted power that ruled a few years before. It's because she has the dragon and is conquering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe because that... if it wasn't, then <laughs> she just kind of legitimized Genry. Right. Congratulations. Maybe that there is a <laughs> bit of, but in the show's defense, which is this will be the one time I say this, maybe there is a bit of subtlety there because she begins to get worried when she sees the people supporting John. So it's really not, like, not all those people are supporting him. They don't know anything about this crazy, like, magical destiny bloodline kind of thing happening, right? Right. They're, they're just supporting him and they, you know, I don't care if he's a bastard, you know, like, making him king of the north and stuff. He so rides maybe, a dragon. Like, no one else she's... rides a dragon. <laughs> oh, this is stupid. <sighs> maybe that, that is the thing. Is like at, they, at the end of the day, what would make him king over her being queen is the support of the people who are actually in that land. So he but has the... the support of the people who are now finally uh... going back up north. Danny had the support of brown people who were all conveniently killed. Mm. Cersei has the support of who? Yeah, no, speaking of that, though, like, they purposely, someone pointed this out, they purposely didn't have Missandei and Grey Worm at the Winterfell feast just so yeah. Danny could look like she had no friends. <laughs> like, they, they just didn't put them there. And, like, you think at least some people would be, like, talking to her because she's a Targaryen dragon princess queen sitting right there. If he's mm-hmm. right there, it's a party talk to her. Right, I mean, exactly. Nobody but, else at this party seemed particularly shy. There were random women hitting on everyone everywhere for some reason. Mm-hmm. We know I know, like, my problem is them. it's not like that they like they just dismissed that idea in such a contrived way. The marriage? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, they, they, and they all of the contrived so- is John's charisma because it's so mm-hmm. unearned. It's just like People like hanging out with him. That's yeah. not it's not really anything. Also he was dead on the show. <laughs> right, remember that? Like remember Yeah, that? the last time people put him in charge, like actually in charge, he was kind of assassinated by those same people. Hmm. Mm. Somebody bring that like, up once? Well, because looking can... at him giggling and being drunk and it's like, you were dead. <laughs> He's the Wonderbread white boy, right? We I mean we came to this conclusion like way back in earlier seasons that it's like he's Johnny yeah. that's why he's Johnny Cardboard because he's your generic action hero and he's rewarded by the narrative for being a generic action hero and why he's did nothing he feel like he's done that's he's well you know that. he's on like tortured and stuff I guess it, is he does he show those emotions I don't know he has well, a hint broody. occasionally he likes he likes to stand and look broody on clips he actually I thought Kit Harrington did okay this episode oh no I thought he did a really good job this episode but like any, you know, looking at the whole picture. Did D&D direct this episode? David Nutter. Oh, okay. Because if D&D directed this episode, I'd have to, like, give them props for actually telling their actors to ask. No, it's it's the same. It's David Nutter's done other episodes before. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, including episode two, I think. Either way. Isn't he the battle guy? No, that's Michael, that's Michael oh, okay. Pochnik, uh, who's coming back next week. But mm. I think... Why did why did John have any sense of urgency in telling his sisters about his parentage? Because he was about to leave, I guess. 
He's so honest. And, and like, he can't remember tell a when lie. his dad left and and promised that next time they see each other, he'll tell him all about his mother. I guess he didn't want that to happen but again. Like, didn't he figure there was a reason his dad went to the grave with this? Maybe what Sansa said about Stark men not doing well in the South was also on his mind. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, mean, I know it's that's just... kind of gracious, but hey. Well, he wasn't around for her saying that, was he? No, no but it's family history. And that's and kind just, of directly tied to his um, newfound identity as Aegon. It just rang a little false to me that Danny is like, hey, the one solution to our relationship problems is for you to ignore your claim. You know, because obviously marriage is off the table. Uh... <laughs> You know, it just don't tell anyone about your claim. And then, like, the very next scene, he's like, well, I have to tell them about my claim. They so, asked. Yeah, I kind of wonder about that, because it's like, if they are earnestly in love with each other, like, mm-hmm. as a human who has been earnestly in love with other humans, you you tend to do things to preserve that relationship. And if that relationship is, like, they, if they're really in love with each other, then that would be more important than his claim to the Iron Throne, which he like, allegedly doesn't want anyway. So you'd think he would... But he you cannot just, like, tell a lie. Is, like, that's an established character trait. But what about all the lying he did when he was with the wildlings and stuff? And that was being, you know, like, that was Well, hard. that made his tummy hurt, Caroline. Also, is it the point that he's like Ned and he found out Ned lied his whole life? Yeah. For the sake of uh, a relationship? And of saving his life and everything? Yeah. Didn't yeah. John sentence himself on like a subterfuge mission to secretly assassinate uh, Man's Raider like four seasons ago? Like it well, was we his don't, idea. We don't think about that. I, no, That's we have too a much podcast a about that. So, but, as as Julia said earlier, or maybe she said it before we started this podcast. I don't know. Uh, Danny is now our final boss. I think. <laughs> Because I mean, I can't queen. imagine another direction that they're going in. I mean, it would be a lot of wasted effort in this episode. I don't totally oppose that as, like, a, an interesting way to end the series, except mm-hmm. that it's been totally unseated until literally this episode. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I mean, there have there have been, like, all these moments where we're supposed to be disturbed by uh, we have been, doing something. We have been making jokes about her pyromania for seasons now, so that's kind of been there. But yeah, and like we, we have been comparing though. her to Cersei and saying that she's doing exactly the same stuff that Cersei's doing, except that hers is framed as a good thing and Cersei's is framed as a bad thing. <laughs> so I wouldn't call it unseated at all. I don't think it's been consistent enough for her to make the turn to yeah, villain. It's, it's this they've been Jeremy burying mm-hmm. Jerry burying her between her as a like scary tyrant and her as a liberator with a magical destiny so right because all the scary tyrant things she does while they are like ooh, you know burning people is weird or like locking people in a vault probably not cool they also do have like a logical flow where it's like okay she burned people who wouldn't kneel for her she locked people in a vault who you know actively sabotaged her she she does these things like not randomly and so so it's like it's hard at this point with two episodes left in this mm-hmm. entire series to make that pivot yeah, and like she's not acting excessively paranoid, like so far. Like she's like sometimes like been all like Tyrion, are you planning against me? But like in an extremely like incongruous way within the scenes that it's happened in. Yeah, and then not following up on that kind of stuff. Like when th- there was the one time she was like, maybe you don't want your family to really die, and then thirty seconds later she was like, okay, we'll do your plan. So it, you know, it, it hasn't yeah. really, it hasn't been. If they wanted to build that, they completely failed at building. I mean, like, I, I think, I think, Caroline, like, kind of what you're saying is that, like, it feels unseated, even though, like, technically you can see that it's not. 
No, I mean, I think the reason that it feels unseated is because they decided in the same season that they were going to begin sort of dropping these crumbs. They also were going to have just a completely pure love story with her and John, Mm -hmm. where she had to be like the romantic lead of that and sympathetic in that way. Mm-hmm. So like that, it just wasn't really a consistent tale being told. Yeah. Why did this romance no. have to happen? Actually, now that I think about it, hmm. both sex. Yeah. Really? <laughs> this like, this romance is like completely wasted right now, but we had both sex. Yeah. Both sex. Is I mean, I guess there would be like less on. drama if he was just like some dude with a rival claim. Cause they were like, Oh, we love, even though that's like, they seem to have been able to drop that pretty quickly. I don't know. I kind of think there would have been more tension in that if they were just like allies yeah. because yeah. they had to be because there were the, there was the end of the world coming and he really respects her and he kneels to her, but it's not for this like love reason. Mm. And then it's like, well, what do you want? Where does the North fit into your plan? And then he, he tells her cause he's honorable, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real here. The love story is there so they can twist the knife in the next two episodes. Yeah. yeah, not even a spoiler. It's just pretty obviously what it's there for. I mean, I don't know. My OTP is back together, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Caroline. Like you kind of mentioned offhand that like you're not like against this in principle, and I'm not like either. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of like a rehash of Rhaenyra, or it would be in better hands. <laughs> you know, in much did Rhaenyra hands. even exist on the show? I'm not sure, no, but like no. it's the same kind of story of like you know she has a very good claim to the throne and it's undermined by her male relatives and the more power she gets, the more kind of like unhinged and but also kind of beat down by the system she gets <laughs> until like it all kind of ends in fire. <laughs> but Renira had like decades of this building up and then yeah. is like <laughs> slightly misplaced after some stupid decisions that were her own decisions. Let's be real. The reason she's in the situation she is right now is because she was kind of dumb. I also just want to add that HBO wanted 10 seasons, 10 episodes each. So, like, there's oh, yeah. the reason the show is ending right now is because D&D wanted it to end right yeah. now. Like, that, uh, that is why you can tell. That would have been so terrible. But, but this, this season being six episodes is stupid. Especially, like, when you look at this episode, uh-huh. this is clearly two episodes smushed together. Yeah. yeah. No, it's super random. It's like, like it, you have the stuff yeah. until Rhaegal dies, and then, like, Everything after that is like a whole other fucking episode. Yeah. Well, so I have a, I have a, an idea in terms of if Danny was going to be the big bad, then I then I think the order of deaths of big bads should have been Carol, then the Night's King, then Danny, because yes. that would have yeah, that would have mm-hmm. made more sense mm-hmm. in terms of giving us the time for Danny to be a ruler, to be in King's Landing, to have the paranoia build up. To have all of that stuff, like the fact that like, her actually wield power in a scary kind of way. Um, I mean, kind of, and kind of go somewhere. That's like bold to assume that they have any idea what they're doing. No, they definitely <laughs> don't, as as evidenced by their TV show. Um, but, <laughs> but if they were going to make Danny the big bag, that's the order it would have to go in. And I could see something like that happening in the books. I mean, I can't wait to talk about this as Chuck Lister Aspel because, like, <laughs> I kind of, like, see the potential in this story to actually be interesting. Mm-hmm. But this is not it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, like, th- this is what I've been thinking for a while because it's, like, a lot of people are going to say, oh, this might be just what Martin's doing in the books. And I don't think that's the dumbest thing in the yeah. world because, like... Danny X in A Dance with Dragons when she's like, I'm a conqueror, I'm a weapon. That's not supposed to be this like cheery, uplifting thought. 
right? Yeah. Right. She's supposed to be realizing like her her potential. See, it's supposed to be, to be yeah. It's, it's her tyrant. realizing that like nice guys finish last. Yeah. <laughs> And I was saying this where I was saying that, like, I don't think the White Walkers or the others or any dead theater is going to be the last theater. I joked about Azura High's tax policy, but I honestly. How do you like like, them, Texas? Right. Like, I could see another Dance with Dragons being the political fallout that closes A Song of Ice and Fire. Absolutely. With, like, Danny, Fagon, and John. Yeah, the dragon has three heads and all that. It's just too bad that one of them doesn't exist. So I think what we're looking at is a really, really mangled checklist effect. Mm-hmm. But then D&D just forgot to like put it in place at all. And also, the most, the worst thing about the sudden turn is is, is literally framed like like Julia also said in our pre-discussion of this. Bitches be crazy. It just mm-hmm. sort of happened. But she lost her dragon and her best friend, so... Yeah, she lost the dragon before, she lost people before. Yeah, that's true. I mean, is she going crazy about the fact that she should have, that she should have stayed home and listened to Sansa? That's understandable. <laughs> no, she should have stayed home and listened to Tyrion, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, every single Tyrion piece of advice he's ever given her has ended in disaster. I, I kind of think Sansa had a point about letting the troops rest for four minutes. Sansa yeah, that's about really everything. That is Sansa's point. character. <laughs> It wouldn't even made a difference for the episode if they'd rested or not. We don't know how much time passes anyway. Let's talk. Wait, let's talk about San- Sansa because that's an excellent point for anyone who's ever played Civilization. I guess like three and <laughs> on. Like we, you go to war, you have your little army or units, and they get hurt, they gain mm-hmm. experience, but you do gotta let them like sit for a couple turns before you send yeah. them back out. Otherwise, they're not useful because they're just uh, you know injured. What's that called? It's, that's called garrison till healed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that. And like, it, you can have them. It's like yeah, you just chill yeah. them, chill them. And if they're chilling in the city, kings they too, you faster. need to have them replenish. But it's like literally yeah, give them, give them like three supplies. Like not even like two, three, two weeks for the people that aren't hurt. Three to four weeks for the people that are hurt, and you're good. How much time is supposed to have passed between these battles? Yeah, like, is it like day? Did the winter just magically disappear? I think or... magical winter is gone because the did White you... Walkers are gone. Did well, you look at King's Landing? It looks like... It's a desert. Like, there's still yeah. seasons, aren't there? <laughs> King's Landing looks like it has been burned down by a really, really bad summer for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see the wasteland in front of the door? That's uh, That was very strange. I was trying to figure out what probably. side of King's Landing they were on, but clearly not the Blackwater. I guess they're on the north Why side. Why didn't it look like they were in Karth? Like, what was that? I don't know. It was very strange. It was a very, very strange shot of King's Landing. I mean, but- clearly that's the wreckage still from the Battle of the Blackwater when they burnt down the Kingswood. Oh, Don't totally. Okay. Of course. How many well, years has it been since there- then? Eight? <laughs> Seven. There's a honeypot that uh, Euron burnt it all down to make the Scorpions or Kyburn or whatever. That's too clever. I, As well, if yeah, anybody would ever think about it. that. No, but, you know, Caroline, you brought up Sansa and... Yes, it's reasonable to rest the troops, but Sansa's scripting in this episode was fucking awful. Yeah, like, there are two things that have really, like, you know, made the rage this episode. One is Sansa saying, I'm glad I was raped because it made me the woman I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second is um, the thing at the end, which I'm sure we will talk about extensively. And can I just clarify something about the former? Yes. Yeah. Because I've seen this take on Twitter all over. It is true that our experiences make us who we are. We do not object to that. If you are in real life an abuse survivor and can draw strength from that, more power to you. What we object to is 
that Sansa was put through this ordeal specifically in place of a training arc to be the person she is now. Mm. That somehow going to the rape school of Ramsay Bolton taught her to be a hard ass and good at governance. Did you what say Ramsay Gordon? Training montage. Pardon? You said Ramsay Gordon. No, she said the Ramsay school care. of rape. Ramsay that school what you of said? rape. I heard Ramsay Gordon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to rant here. <laughs> Go ahead, Lana. Anyways. I got sticking montages. Bran got off-screen home video viewing lessons, whatever. Mm. Sansa got raped mm. to be taught the skills she needed for this. Yeah, and that's and what we object to. Because the implication uh, is the only way she could have become a worthwhile character for this show was through the abuse she suffered. Mm. And you. there's there's explicit quotes about this, too. Benioff and Weiss have been like, yeah, you know, Arya was always a badass, but Sansa had to get there by painful Ugh. experience. So, like, this is just on Game of Thrones, you have to say your character arc out loud because that's <laughs> how the show is. So that's why Jamie yeah. had to be like, I'm a monster, don't you know? But, you know, okay, Sansa, I was raped, but now I'm badass. And then Arya had to then in the next scene be like, oh, no, no, I'm an assassin and I'm not a lady. Mm. Like, th- this is mm. the show. Well, I have a question. Is there maybe a more, a, even a bigger pattern that's an issue? And I'm, and I'm not sure I'm just kind of talking out loud. With the women on the show having to develop through violence. Or maybe just characters generally having to develop through violence. But considering well, like Arya and like Sansa only, both. Yeah, it's really the only way to be empowered unless you're Tyrion. Well, is yeah, there, the show. Is there any storyline in the show that didn't kind of uh, put the violence at the forefront? I think uh, there's no purely political plotline that was that was short on violence, is there? Well, Tyrion cre- creates violence. Tyrion is the actor of violence. Mm-hmm. He kills Shay, for yeah. example. He kills his mm-hmm. father. He's the violent actor. Does he? He does. I don't think he particularly has violence acted towards. I mean, he gets his face not, cut in Blackwater. Yeah, Tyrion has fought in just as many battles as Sam, wow. but for some reason, he is the less experienced warrior that gets put in the crypt. <laughs> well, because he's so important with his brilliant brain. Where that he decided had, to break up their troops once that again. That hasn't had a good idea in five seasons. I mean, this <sighs> might this might be a good analysis to do once the show is completely over, but looking at the difference between the violence between the men and the women and in what situations are the actors and what, what situations are the victims. Well, it's it comes back to an old problem that we've t- I know we've written on a lot, where it's that strength on the show is your ability to do harm to your enemies like it's revenge right it all comes back to revenge Mm -hmm. so like that's the mark of an empowered character is if they can inflict revenge too so like sansa's empowered because she fed ramsay to the dogs which she's gonna brag about to the hound i mean like my problem with that little speech was kind of that like the only thing she could think of to say that like why it wasn't a good idea to run off with a scary man when she was 14 in the middle of a battle was oh no i had to character develop like, yeah, it was a good idea not to run away with him. So it's like, yeah, you can just say that. There were plenty of reasons, yeah. many, many yeah. reasons. Ask Aya what a road trip with a with a hound is really like. It wasn't all that pretty. I mean, yeah, it wasn't all that bad either, but not the best. And he wasn't hot on her. Was this scene, like True. purposely a fuck you to Sand Sands, or is this just a mark of D anD D not being able to write women ever? I, I think both. this episode had a very <laughs> consistent theme of just being an extended middle finger towards any kinds of shipper. Like all any kinds of any couples. kind of person who thought that whole women on top thing was actually existing That's in true. any way. Well, yeah. Just like, so let's no, like if they're t- trying to write about the, the systematic disempowerment of women, I think they do a great job. There was this kind of undertone to the conversation Tyrion and Varys had about Cox that John having one makes him a more appealing candidate. 
And that was not enough that <laughs> Too obvious. And also, yeah. just shade of the lamp in this case. So uh. the theme of the season of the show is maybe it is all cocks in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. No, like actually, um, like if we ever write a book about this, that should be its title. Oh, fuck <laughs> me! It's all cocks in the end. Let's close out talking about Sansa by talking about her decision to three seconds later telling Tyrion. Oh, well, she's so not trustworthy. I mean, she tells everybody. Is that what the saying? Well, D&D said that, you know, she's a student of Littlefinger Mm -hmm. and she could see 40 moves ahead and knew that Tyrion would go to Varys and it would set off this Varys Varys marks and has a populist agenda and wants what's what's best for the people and will react in this way. Did she even interact with Varys? How would she know that? Yeah, I don't know. Has she seen Varys? Has she interacted with Varys? Like they were in King's Landing for quite a while together, but I don't remember them like ever no. speaking no. outside of a like context of like. I you know, think that, they maybe were in the scene same scene when Ned was executed. The they were in the same scene when Ned was executed, and other than that, maybe. No, there was like when um, scenes. when Carol was talking her into writing the uh, the letter. Right. Oh yeah, right. Varys was there. He yeah, said Varys was there, and I think he said a few lines to her. Other than that, I don't remember them interacting in any meaningful way ever. Anyway, all the um, fandom, like, oh, haha, Sansa can't tell anyone. She's been snitching on her family (sighs) since day one. So that's that's restarted. Thanks, D&D. Awesome. Yay. I have an unrelated but Sansa-related question. When Gundry was made Lord of the Stormlands, Sansa had got a reaction shot. Was that her being... Or maybe I'm reading too much into this, probably. Was that her being sort of um, offended that a baseborn uh, person would be made no. into a lord? No, it was definitely her what? being skeptical of Danny's motivations, I read yeah. about. Oh, okay. Like, why I mean, would Danny she be doing this? this and she's... Poli- she's And they, yeah. like, you know, confirmed that, I suppose, when Tyrion was like, oh, this yeah. was such a clever and unprecedented she political move. She explicitly tells us that she did this out of political motivations and yeah. not the goodness of her heart or the acknowledgement of Gendry's amazing accomplishment to outfit the entire army with a never-ending supply of dragonglass arrows. And, like, why is that a bad thing that she rewarded a follower? <laughs> no, I don't think stuff? I don't think it is. I, I think it was actually... Considering no one, apparently no one's been it's at Storm's End this whole time. an underhanded political move. It's not a bad thing, but just, I think Sansa was like, she's up to something, and then mm-hmm. she was viewing that as like, oh, I bet she's just doing this to get loyalty, which is accurate. But I will say... And also, yes, of course. <laughs> I kind of loved when all the Starks were together, the Godswood and Sansa's like bitching about John kneeling to Danny, which fair. And, you know, they're just pretending it's... So that she'd fight with them. They're just pretending that that's when he kneeled. So we just have to mm-hmm. let that one go. Yeah. Uh, and then Arya just goes, I respect it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, I respect Which, it. To you me, it's not kind of um, anachronistic to the extent that anything can be anachronistic in a fake fantasy universe. It's like the, the phrase, I respect that, is kind of, I don't know, it feels, feels kind of modern. Well, this was like an episode where we had... A proposal on one knee. A Starbucks cup. Never have I ever, and <laughs> I respect it. So, like. but was it really never have I ever, or was it more than playing well, a trivia exactly game with all the book scenes they should have shared, or mm. information they should have exchanged? Well, because no, Tyrion like invented this drinking game back in uh, season six when he was annoying uh, Missandei and Grey Worm mm-hmm. with it. No, I know he, he invented it in season one where Wait, he told Shay, Bron yeah. and Shay about Taisha. Yeah. Oh fuck. 
right. Oh, which, by the way, haha, Taisha is a hilarious joke. You were now. married before Sansa. Haha, drink. At yeah. least she exists again. Yay. No. Do we have more to say about Sansa? I have so no. much to say about Sansa, I mean, but not specifically. I mean, like, I'm, st- I'm like, like, it might be like the Dornish in me, but like, I'm all on board for her agenda of Northern independence. I can't yeah. help it. So, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the fact that they're trying to, they seem to be trying to frame it as a bad thing. Yeah. Scheme, mm-hmm. she's, scheming. she's scheming. And it's kind of like, how is anything she's doing for Northern independence different than what John was doing before, except that mm-hmm. John was a lot less successful at it? You see, when a woman does it, it's scheming. When a man right. does it, it's brilliant political maneuvering. Exactly. I mean, that's it. That's the difference. It's it's sexism. Oh my God, I hate the show. It starts with an it's all cut in exism. the end. Mm. So, does this mean Sansa's gonna die? No, I don't think so. probably not. I think, I think, I think she's probably barely like gonna feature much. Anymore. I mean, literally none okay. of my predictions have been correct, but I think Sansa's gonna live. Okay. We will see. Uh, let us talk about Arya, who rejected a proposal. Poor Gendry. <laughs> that so scene adorable. was so cute. Like, yeah, I was kind of drunk at the time of watching this, which was a few hours oh, ago. Oh, me was too. He, uh, I know. I know. But he was so adorable doing that. And also, like, for not knowing how the whole lordship works, looking for a wife who knows how this stuff works is the first and best move you could make. And you're yeah. going to do great, Gendry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that was actually like, it was a pretty politically savvy I like yeah. how he's like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird that they went from fucking yesterday to deeply in love now and meeting the day before yesterday, but hey. Um, but hey. Yeah, they met timelines, remember? Remember what? when they like traipsed through the wilderness together? <laughs> I remember that very well, but that was six years ago. Yeah, and she's not deeply in love with him at all. He's no. just like, she just wanted really... to get laid. Yeah. Men just be like that sometimes. I- her whole rejection of him felt very modern too, where she's like, it, she didn't say it's not you, it's me, but she basically did. She's yeah. just like, any but, girl would be lucky to have you. Kudos to the writers, stab number two, right, referencing the line, that's not me. And this one made a little bit more sense than the last time they did this it. This one made a lot bit yeah, more sense. Yeah, a lot more sense. This one was a lot, sounded it's a lot like more It was an actual we... callback to her not yeah, being was. destined to be a lady in a castle. Yeah. Yes. That was fine. It only took them two tries. But apparently, apparently, her destiny is to go kill people on the list that she made as a traumatized child. I mean, that's sure. a, that's a satisfying character arc to me. And Sandor's uh, destiny is to go down to King's Landing and kill his brother. <sighs> so. Sure, and their destiny is to be on an extended road trip, road trip forever. <laughs> oh my god, thank god, thank god we have this buddy dynamic restarted. Yeah. I was and so they even have separate have horses this time. Oh, I like what God. was the point of everything she's done since she's left Westeros the first time? Like she's... killing Walter Frey. No, you know whose character arc was the most regressed was Bronn. Oh my God, Pop yeah. Bronn! What, what was that? What was that? He just pops. It up. was literally like it was like he popped up. He's like, "Excuse me, I need to exposit for a few minutes." Tie up some loose ends and uh, get out of here. It's like, it was one. And to scene. be fair, to be fair, I got some gratification out of him punching Tyrion in the nose. That was um, nice. Why did Castle Stokeworth get taken away from him? I still don't understand. I, I don't understand why leaving for a few months to go on a business trip means the castle is taken away from you. I, I don't know. I don't. And now he's going to be put in charge of Highgard. So who's currently running Highgard? You can't just leave these castles abandoned. Highgard is so much less pretty than Hornhill. Yeah, and that's so much true. Smaller. 
Tiffany Charlie's got to be pissed that this idiot's going to be running the Reach now. Is Tiffany Charlie the better lady of the Reach right now? Yeah, who she's else? the highest I mean, she's the only person alive. who is currently alive and uh, ruling lands in the Reach. So, we presume that we know. So yeah, wow. is Lawless wait, is Bra- did Bron ever marry Lawless Duckworth, or he was just betrothed to her? He was supposed to, and yeah. she was like gossiping, and he was like, "Oh, you're stupid." Yeah, she was very excited mm-hmm. about the menu for their wedding feast. Yeah. And this was supposed like she, to show her being perfectly... really stupid. That she just seemed like a normal person. Mm. She seemed perfectly nice, just like, you know, yeah. she had womanly thoughts to say, like, Yeah, like, about she, her seemed, she seemed like a rich girl yeah. who received almost no formal education, basically. But yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the name of the family that's gonna, like, be in High Guard now, like, the Bronze? Like, what is it? Uh, bronze of the Blackwaters? Is yeah. it the Stokeworths? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I no. guess he gets Bros. to pick a little sigil now. Yeah, you Maybe... call it, yeah. It gets to be a whole thing, right? He gets to like make up a name that's meaningful somehow. I don't know, like like Duckfield. Remember Wally Duckfield? <laughs> what even is this? He spent seasons and seasons bonding with Tyrion, falling in love with yeah. Larry, and <laughs> and now he's here like threatening them. And it's gonna oh, be like Bron, not gay. It's gonna be some kind of like no homo. No homo, oh, yeah. No the homo. No homo is really in High Garden. They could have just had him marry Lala Stokeworth. <laughs> Oh my god, mm. remember when they made the Reach the, like, gay ally oh. capital of Western? <laughs> <laughs> Sword Swallower through and through. Oh my good gosh. Okay, so let's talk about, honestly, one of the most butchered character arcs, which is our boy Larry. <sighs> Poor Larry. Can I just say, when I signed up for this episode, I expected it to be the pre-battle Let's Fuck Before We Die episode, and I am so happy it is kind of that, and I am so mad that it's still kind of that. Uh. <laughs> I mean, Oath 6 didn't, didn't gross me out like I thought it would. No! I thought it was cute. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not the Oath 6, it's everything that happens after the Oath 6. <laughs> the Oath 6, you could argue, is motivated by his character arc. <laughs> the fan fiction, the fan fiction setup. Oh, like, yeah. Also, they for some reason chose to shoot uh, Gwendolyn Christie way less voyeuristically than they did Maisie Williams, which... <laughs> that was probably Gwendolyn Christie's choice, if I had to guess. Probably. And then they had, like, I mean, for the two days they were together, they had, like, this house that Brienne now has. Yeah. Where he kind of lived, and they were all domestic, and it was cute. Yeah, what was that? It was cute. It was cute. I mean, here's my question about him, you know, piecing out for Cersei. I Well, I know the answer, because the outset of the episode told me the answer, which is that he's leaving because he can't quit Cheryl, and he's addicted to her, and he's, mm-hmm. like, still in love with her, whatever. The gross, yeah. But when I watched the episode, I, I thought that it was, like, he might have been going to, like, kill her. Like, but he might have been being like, oh, I need to go clean up this mess. Uh-huh. Kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It did feel very definitive one way or the other in the episode. Because it was kind- it almost read like, this is my duty to see this through. But why? Or something like that. I mean, that. what it feels like is that NCW was like, oh, I want to be in the big battle with the dead. <laughs> and so they had to, like, somehow write around that. And make him go up north, and then but Gwendolyn go south Christie again. didn't want to go down for the King's Landing battle. I guess not. She's probably sick of this bullshit. Maybe she'll go she after. Seems him. like an intelligent person. Oh, wait, maybe she'll go after. I him. honestly don't think that's accurate though, because Nicolas Costawaldo actually gave an interview to Vanity Fair where he was complaining. I mean, in a very nice, proper Danish professional way <laughs> about how hard it is to. F- track character 180s when it's so often and in one yeah. season 
So I don't think he was here for this at all. I actually, I think that they sent him up north so, with the intention of him, like, getting with Brienne. Because I, I think when they ended season seven, they were like, yeah, this is the breakup. And then they're like, oh, no, no, we can't really do that. Fooled you. He I loves mean, Cheryl. Like, what's he going to do in two episodes? Like, just like, what are they doing? I mean, I think he's going to, I always thought that they would line him up to kill Cheryl or to die with yeah. her. Well, that's I kind think of what's they're going being, to romantically die together. It's kind of what's being very Aww. like broadly, very linked. heavily seated in the books that he's going to kill. Uh, yeah, is he finally going to fling a baby from a tribute for her. My question is, will he get there before John's army? How? Even though he left afterwards, I'm Teleportation, sure. But yeah, well, I mean, if John lets his army rest, then you know, <laughs> <laughs> Danny wouldn't like that. Hmm. I mean, I'm glad that my my like Funko Pop figurines of uh, Laryl and Cheryl, Larry and Cheryl, can kiss again because they've missed each other. But didn't he decide he didn't like her anymore at the end? Like he saw the relationship. I mean, what, what, what was the Watsonian reason for him going down? That like he heard that like Deadpan was planning to kill Cheryl. Yeah, and know. he was like, "Oh my god, I don't want this to happen." I mean. The way it was framed and the succession of events that mm-hmm. he leaves kind of immediately after refusing to tell Tyrion what Brienne is like in bed is not great. Not great at and all. Right, right after Bronn is like, your sister sent me to kill you. And he was like, oh no, I mm-hmm. have to go back to her. That's hot. I really appreciate also that Bronn. <laughs> I mean, you just watched the episode. I don't remember. Is that what happened? Yes. yes. Basically. No, like, Bron tells him that, he spends two days with Brienne, and then they get a message. We have to just assume Bran, like, told them what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Sansa got a raven, and she's just like, oh, Larry, I'm so looking forward to your sister dying because I dislike her. Right? Yeah, she's like, she's like, I wanted to be there. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, obviously, Danny, that crazy Targ, is going to go torch scorched earth on everyone, like, uh, foregone conclusion, right? Ooh. I mean, she does kind of have to kill Cersei. There's kind of no so, way around that. You know, Jess brought up a really good point. Is like maybe he realizes he could have been told that Cheryl's holding all the people of King's Landing hostage. Yeah, and you know, with the plan to burn them as this like insurance policy against Danny invading, and that kind of, I think so. I don't know reminded him of something in his past, so he might have wanted to be there to stop that. <laughs> That's right. He was there when Aerys was burning things. Huh. Yeah, but if that was where they were going, why didn't they mention his motivation when he was on trial in front of Danny? Or why didn't Brienne bring yes, it up? Yes, because right. she knows. No, sure they his motivation was that he did it all for his family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we should have seen this coming. <laughs> I, I would do it again if I could. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Larry. You learn nothing. Good job. Character arc over. Okay. I regret nothing. Yay. Oh, oh, another character arc ended. Sam and Gilly. Yeah, and oh, all yeah. the wildlings, apparently, from what we've heard on the grapevine, <laughs> this is it for them. And also for ghosts. Sure. Oh. Well, that CGI budget can't handle one remaining dragon and one remaining direwolf. It's just too much. Can't do it. Wait, really? so, so does that mean the Night's Watch is dissolved? Uh, I mean, what are they supposed to guard against now anymore? Beardy was all like, like oh, guard we're going to go back to Castle Black. I mean, if the if the army of the dead are gone and, and the, the others are all gone, there's no reason for there to be a wall anymore. And, the, so and no yeah, and if the wild are peaceful now, I mean, hey, then they just made like a nice big old easy gate through the wall. Wait, yeah. where's Sam and Gilly going then? Um, I think they're like married now. 
are they going to Horn Fair or are they like <laughs> I guess they're gonna like stay in Winterfell and like raise a brood of little readers. Sam is going to be the next maester. Do they have a maester right now? Uh no, but he quit yeah. Maester School. He quit Maester School. So what? He read all the books he could have read. Yeah. He's totally qualified. You know, He's it's a really good thing. Fran. That the Night's Watch doesn't need to exist anymore because he totally broke his vows. Like, he he fathered a child. That's literally the vow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a man of the Night's Watch. St- oh, my God. Whatever. That's right. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes sense. I mean, it was so easy to forget on this show, isn't it? <laughs> but seriously... John was just like, oh, Ghost is of the North. And now he's just done with his direwolf. And then in his next scene, his new pet dies. There's a there's a <sighs> meme of Ghost being the one who shoots down Rhaegal, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Like, now that it's makes amazing. sense. Ghost looks so sad when John just abandoned him. And why did you give him to Torment? You have a sister right there who lost her wolf. You know? Well, and I don't like think you can just replace joke. Lady with Ghost. They're not, like, interchangeable. No! Yeah, still, isn't Sansa a better candidate to take care of Ghost than fucking Tormund? <laughs> yeah. God damn it, show. I, I like, so. You could just say, I don't want to bring him south with me. He doesn't like it there. And then he can stay and frolic in the Winterfell Courtyard with all the Starks. Nymeria is doing well in the south, just saying. Yeah, Good well, point. okay. Yeah. She, she's in the Riverlands. It's not, like, south-south. It's not like, you know, the fucking desert that is now King's Landing. <sighs> I mean, the the showrunners have never understood the significance of the direwolves ever. No, no, no. So no, this no. is like not even a little bit surprising that there's like this we have to get rid of this. They're basically paring down on like pieces on the chessboard. And yeah. you know, instead of having the you know, the invisible cat pushing the chess pieces all over the place, they're just like removing the chess pieces. And Which includes Rhaegal. Yeah, and they just decided they're going to play checkers from now on. Yeah. I, okay, I have, I have like a weird, que- like a structural question for you guys. Yes. Which is that we know John's troops are marching down the King's Road. We know the Prince of Dorne is going to come support Danny. Do we? Okay. Do we know that it's actually like going to be on screen? I mean, not I'm that just saying it was like, not just a throwaway line. I'm just saying there is an army behind Danny. That's yeah. that's my point. Why on earth did they have her demand Cheryl's surrender with a block of 20 unsullied? She doesn't need an army. She just needs 20 good men. But no, but that's that's what Tyrion says. And she was like, shut up, Tyrion. And like Tyrion going up to Kyber and being like, we don't want to harm you. And your secret weapon... The dragon is right there. Your 20 unsullied remaining are right there, and they have 20 scorpions pointed at you. Mm-hmm. Why don't they... Why didn't they just shoot them? Well, I, I mean, I think that would be, like, beyond the pale even for Cheryl. What I appreciated oh, about that scene was that Kyburn's like, look, Tyrion, dude, I'm not here to negotiate. I'm literally just saying what you told me to say. Like, she's my yeah. boss. I can't. Uh, I can't. Yeah, yeah, he's literally the mouth of Sauron. She's <laughs> 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 totally... Oh, okay, that's, that's, oh. that's worthy of the bingo board. For sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the way the gate opened, yeah. I was expecting the mouth of Sauron to come out. Like, <laughs> was so funny. Yeah. Tyrion's like, let's negotiate. And Kyburn's like, I literally can't. Like, that's not. And then Tyrion uh-huh. walks up to the gate and proceeds to talk in, like, a five-inch voice mm-hmm. about what uh-huh. he wants. There's no way they heard him. Yeah. No, and then, like, Cheryl actually seemed moved by it. I was very confused by yeah. that. She was just, like, seemed very unwilling to kill him. Didn't you know that Cheryl has always loved her children? And she's not a monster as a woman because she loves her children. She's About that, did Euron hear this? 
Right, right. Exactly. I mean, logistics, people. Logistics. Do, she's tr- she's yeah, been she's, if she's pregnant. I mean, she she's might have been just pregnant posted on it on the Twitter. That's why they know. Maybe she's trying to pawn this baby off as Euron. Yes. So I guess the high treason doesn't they happen or whatever. Like three days ago, no, she's the sovereign. <laughs> like she's the sovereign monarch now. I don't think that would apply to her anymore. No, no, Yana. It might have been a week ago. Could have been two years sure. ago. Yeah. I mean, I do think longer. that some time has passed. Like, like in the scene where um, she's flying with Drogon and Rhaegal, you can see that like their wings have healed a lot more. So I think that was supposed to be like time has passed. Like at least a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, so like I don't. But it's it's kind that of that doesn't make it better because the time that has passed that it, it has been a long while since she told Jamie she's pregnant yeah, before like she, she had be any it. reason to lie about that yeah. and she's not showing in her skin tight satin and leather battle dresses which are at least Lannister colored halfway she was actually wearing Targaryen colors this episode that was weird. <laughs> It was nice, though. My eyes liked it. My yeah. eyes liked this episode. It had color. My eyes also liked this episode. <laughs> my ears and my heart didn't, but my eyes liked this episode. No, I mean... I really liked the shot of them standing and watching the people coming into the Red Keep. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. But there's absolutely no way that Tyrion could know about this pregnancy yeah. in Euron's mind. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Like, this is a stupid consideration because the show doesn't actually consider anything. But yeah. I'm uh. just saying... It, She's not even trying to pawn this baby off well. Maybe Euron's going to bring it up later or something, and it'll be like an awkward moment. I mean, they're both uh. going to die next episode, so okay. Also, aren't Danny's troops kind of fucked? Yes. It seems like Cheryl has a huge advantage now, because she has the Golden Company. You know, the Unsullied fleet was just ripped out. I love how There's... her her like bat- her like strategy for this war was like the most brilliant. Where she was just like, "Nah, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna sit here." Yeah, and also she seems to be inclined to actually use the defensive properties of a big keep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Kybern also got like I don't know three hundred scorpions together that are even better. Yeah, those things were crazy. We have, we have to talk for a second about the fact that they were able to land three bolts on Rhaegal. Like, were they practicing? What were they practicing mm-hmm. on? And then... And maybe they, they like, couldn't... shot those, like, uh, clay plates. <laughs> but then they couldn't hit Drogon when Danny flied right at them, and it was, like, a full Because Drogon like, firing is covered squad. by flat armor, and Rhaegal is only covered by yeah. flat armor when Jon is on him. And how... Yeah. Did they fire and reload so quickly? Like, well, they, I think they had several. I have no I idea. Think they had multiple scorpions. There was one on every yeah. ship. I don't know. It's just the whole I was thing. Very upset that's supposed that. to be really hard to do. Yeah, yeah it's like, kind of amazing how these ships are apparently more mobile than two dragons in the air. Yeah, and those bolts came from different angles. Yeah, dragons don't have soft underbellies. Like, no, you can't just shoot them in the chest and expect to kill them. I right. guess, like, if you have enough velocity, I just don't see, like, a giant crossbow ever having enough of that velocity to, like, pierce a dragon's armor. Like, the one the one kind of, like, um, canonical time when a dragon was killed in a similar way, like, it got shot in the eye and, like, specifically, brain, Yeah, specifically because, like, that's the only place that the bolt could go in. Exactly, I agree with you. Yeah, that. and, like, most, oh, and most of the times when a dragon has died, it's because another dragon has killed it. Right. Right, and then, yeah. like, the Dornish tried to bring down another dragon, and they couldn't because yeah. it's really hard to hit a dragon. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's flying? But yeah, I think because we saw, because uh, the outside, outside, inside the episode explains that, like, they previously had a scorpion that didn't really work on Drogon, so they made it bigger and better. Tyburn's perfected it, yeah. And then they also said that Danny has forgotten about the Iron Fleet. <laughs> it's like, they just had a war planning meeting mm-hmm. saying, here's what we'll do about the Iron Fleet. They just mm-hmm. talked about this. I don't know. Oh my god. <sighs> Okay, so do we want to finally talk about the other unmotivated death of the episode? I mean... How did they manage to fish exactly the one person with a name that would mean anything yep. to Danny out of the shipwreck? Yep. So I, I, I think that's the biggest hole here on top of everything else. I, you know, the fact that I don't care, I don't mind when characters I mean, I don't die. think that's a hole, it's just something that's stupid, because it's perfectly plausible that they did that, I guess. No, I, but I think possible. it, I think it, I don't think it is totally plausible, but what, she got on, like, she herself got on one little boat and, what, rode herself directly into the Iron City? Like, how, how, what are the logistics that only she was going to Yeah, that's where the logistics of her leaving the ship at this moment, like, why Grey Worm thought she would be safer that way. But how how would it possibly be only her? It is hard to row a boat. You can mm-hmm. really, unless you're Gendry, you can't really row a boat by yourself. <laughs> and it's, like, she would have needed to be with other people. So there, there should have at least been, like, red shirts behind her in that little captured... You know, yeah, thing. I mean, maybe maybe there was, but they don't care about any of them because they're red shirts. No, there 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 was only her in the shot. But yeah. I mean, it's Euron has a very good record of extracting exactly the relevant adversaries. <laughs> like you know, he he knew which sand snakes to poetically kill and which ones to keep alive for maximum revenge <laughs> for Cheryl. Right? Relevant women so. of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? And, uh, and exactly. considering how last episode they wiped out every uh, well the entire non-white Dothraki army and, like, half of the Unsullied, and now they kill the only named woman of color on the show, so that's well, still alive so far. It's kind of really bad optics, just saying. Exceptionally bad Apparently optics. there's Dothraki left. They mentioned Dothraki. There's probably, like, three yeah. of them. Sure. So, okay. But, yeah, I mean... It wasn't an entire genocide, just, like, mostly. I think the worst part is that Masande was quite literally fridged. I mean... <laughs> I guess she's a more developed character than what might traditionally fulfill the trope of Fridge. What, what trope? I actually, but, I don't know that trope. What's the trope of Fridge? Put in Fridge the refrigerator. Yeah, a woman dies in a horrible and gruesome way to spur a man into like revenge action, basically. Oh, I see. Uh, and, you know, as she was beheaded, it cut to Grey Worm. Yeah. I don't think the degree to which the wound was developed before matters too much. What matters is that she triggers a man's revenge arc. Or and trauma, Danny's man revenge pain, arc, whatever. too. Like, like, a woman of color was slaughtered. She was beheaded on this show <sighs> with her body in the back of the frame so that Danny, a white woman, can go conquer people with her dragons. <laughs> And Grey Worm, her, her boyfriend, can get revenge, I And guess. we saw her body and her head drop in the background, but showing oh, Stannis' well. death would have been too gratuitous. I would have been so gratuitous. Can't do it. And and her final words are Jakaris, which according to D&D is like, yeah, light them up. It's a good thing Drogon didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she just talking about retiring to Narth? Like, how is this even a character for her? It, it's it's uh, difficult because it's like I one of my complaints from last week was that more people didn't die, 
And <laughs> I like I expect more Not people. Like, like I don't expect like a lot. Of I mean, I think if she had died in the battle, we'd be complaining less. I agree. And we'd still be like, well, yeah. rude to kill your one woman of color, but we'd be complaining less. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like you know, it, you know, love. Um, you know, Jorah dies, but Jamie doesn't. You know, like there yeah. these these deaths don't really it, make sense. One of the whole shticks of mm-hmm. the Song of Ice and Fire is that like. War sucks and a lot of people die all the time in these kind of situations. Yeah, well, George R. Mm-hmm. Martin has like written specifically about that. Like, there's no point in having a battle if all of your main characters are going to survive it. Right, and it's the same way that he he handles uh, sexual violence and he handles rape, where he said, you know, rape happens in these kinds of war scenarios, and it would be unrealistic to ignore that fact. But D and D understand both character death and rape as dramatic and as drama, not as part of the larger commentary on the society, which is one of the inherent problems of their adaptation. Also, if uh, if Sande had just died in the battle, they wouldn't have put a former slave back into chains to display Mm. her in such a manner. And lampshading it like they were super clever. And also the battle deaths were less less, uh, objectifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, we got a few gruesome scenes, but they were framed heroically, and this this was just this. But she felt like a potato sack. Yeah, and she was just like like it was almost like you know snooty <laughs> that she was just yeah. like yeah, I killed them all now, dead parent. Mm-hmm. Well, the th- I mean, I understand that she has only been mistreated by these good Westerosi people since she came there. So yeah. sure, but oh. yeah. well, I think Yana was. It? I think it might have been you in the group chat. Somebody suggested that Masande um, should have like on the battlements, like taken Cheryl out with her. Like run into her and like pushed her off, and that's the kind of thing that I think Masande would have done. Masande's like pretty active, uh-huh. and she's really smart. That's like the one thing we're shown consistently. She's super super smart. So that would have been. I mean, if she had even if she had tried and and failed and then been beheaded, even that I would have been like, okay, well, she at least had some action. Um, yeah, but let's be real. The entire the entire scene at the at the at the gate there. The entire conflict could have been ended by both sides just then and there. There was no reason for either side not to shoot. I mean, what kind of people go to negotiation and then stab people with spears? That would be wrong. I mean, what, why didn't... If you're it... doing it to save your people from Dragonfire, I mean... Why didn't Danny just take King's Landing <laughs> in Season two episode, uh, season 7, Episode 2? That is the actual You question. know, that's the thing. Is like, she's like, and the answer is because Tyrion told her not to and she listened to him like a dumbass. Because of bad optics. And yeah. now she's mm-hmm. done with that because she's a mad queen. To be fair, to be fair, me, I understand that she doesn't want to listen to Tyrion anymore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That is understandable. He has had a good idea since season three. Yeah. <laughs> What's his good idea in season three? I, I amended it to two. I don't remember any good ideas of his in season three. I mean, but season two, he had me. that great idea to like send Marcella to Dorne. And, like, catch a spy at the same time. That was brilliant. So His battle plan was okay. He had His one. Blackwater plan was good. Yeah. I yes. Guess. He had one. Oh, that's right. Blackwater. Yeah, he had one. Good job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I don't know what else is there to say about it. It, it like, I, so I, I had heard about it because the guy got to watch the episode. Like, I had heard about it. And I thought it was going, I don't know, I, like, in my head, really, I, like, really did not want to watch the episodes. I really did not want to see Missandei die. Because I quite like Missandei. Mm. And, you know, then we get, like, the hand-holding on the ship beforehand with Missandei and Grey Worm. Where they're just the cutest, and they're just holding their hands, and it's adorable, you know. And it, I hope nothing bad happens to them. Oh, man, the bright red target on them could not be brighter and redder. Um... Kind of like the domesticity with Jamie and Brienne. I mean, it, at least she, they did. I mean, I, I like that they gave her Dracars to say as a final word. 
you know, because she kind of like was a defiant sort of thing. But do I like the entire scenario? No. Was it super contrived? Yes. Did it get this to any particular point? No. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's not a better final word for her to have, but I just kind of hate that, like, even fucking Masande has to be like, oh, yeah, revenge, cool. It's just everyone on the show has to be motivated. But, but of all scenarios to be like, fuck you, that's a pretty good fuck you moment. Mm. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She was about to be right. beheaded. I think that's Yeah, fair. and you have a point about, like, the racism everywhere in this stupid continent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, racist children. Hi, racist <laughs> children. <laughs> children. It's still the best. <laughs> I can't deal with this show. What the all hell, All right, and we have a few more bullet points here. Yeah, um, where do we go from here? Uh, wait, wait, a few bullet points before that bullet point. Where do we want to? Well, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the pacing of the episode? We kind of already touched on that. I guess I saw a tweet praising it and my brain melted. No, (laughs) it's like clearly two episodes smushed together in an incredibly awkward fashion. Because for some reason they decided to structure the season like this. I also thought it did kind of drag. I just it did drag. Like, it after we dragged. got past the hour mark, uh-huh. I was like, "What the? Fuck? Yeah, like Why after the hour mark was getting ridiculous." The first episode was kind of okay. The party was weird and had bad moments, but it also had okay moments. And everything after that was what? Yeah. Well, how long was the episode? Was it eighty minutes? Yeah. Yeah, so, something like that. I think it it, was, it went to uh, ten twenty. I think. Okay. Oh, so it was, it was one of the yeah. long ones. I thought this week was going to be shorter. I don't know. No, but HBO Canada always starts like five minutes after nine. It really annoys me. <sighs> so, I mean, like, pacing was, you know, its regular stellar self. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand why they couldn't just have ten episodes instead of, like, know. they have the exact same amount of screen time, just they have these extra long. I don't I understand. Don't I don't know. Yeah, we also uh, definitely have candidates for the Carol Award for the best meta line. Yeah, two. Oh, one. yeah. Mm-hmm. So one is uh, when Tyrion tells Sansa, you seem determined to dislike her, meaning Danny, Which I love. I uh, love all these lines about between mm-hmm. San- with Sansa and Danny, Like, ah, oh, you don't seem to like each other. Huh. That's that's odd. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, Tyrion. What has Danny done in the... Like, she's not yeah. seemed like this really great, compassionate I mean, ruler. She tried during the battle more than Jon did, but kind of nobody saw yeah, that. Yeah, like, at least so she hey. tried to burn the Night's King. Jon literally did nothing. Yeah. Like, nothing. I like that Arya just ditched the whole thing so she could practice her archery. <laughs> did, did, did Arya actually say goodbye to her siblings? Does Sansa know no. where she's going? Or that she's no. going? Well, maybe they have no. enough screen. Okay. No, she just left. Wasn't she? But Aya had the speech about how important family is just before that, and now she's just Well, that's what she has to kill there. in the name of her family. I just still really want her to be the way. <sighs> I still really want that. I mean, it's completely she possible still has, as far as I'm concerned. She still has green eyes to shut. I mean, foreshadowed now. I honestly want her to be the one who takes out Danny, and then she pulls off her mask, and it's the waif. Um, other, so happy. I mean, people seem to be show. dismissing the really? idea that she could kill Cersei as well as the Night's King. Like, that would be too much. I think it is. Yeah. I actually agree with that. I, it is I too think... much, but it has been foreshadowed better. And I still have my money on Bran walking into a squid and strangling everyone. <laughs> just, you heard it here first, folks. Oh, I, I yeah, I, I don't think Bran is going to be doing much more. Um, sure, sure. I love at the party, by the way, when Bran is expositing at like Tyrion or whatever. And he's like, I don't want to be the Warden of the North. And then, like, somebody comes up behind him and, like, just wheels him away. 
<laughs> He's like, goodbye. Oh, now I must exit my expositing scene. <laughs> so the other the other competitor for um most kind of line is who's ruling the Stormlands? <laughs> I mean, we had Next, an entire segment about this last Lands. at the end of our uh, retrospective series on season seven, like who's ruling the X. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. I guess they read it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Literally, has the Stormlands? When was the last time the Stormlands had a ruler? Season two? Um, when Renly died there. Yes, I don't. I, if, guess, I guess you can say that Stannis was ruling the Stormlands, but he didn't seem that Did into Stannis it. Stannis ever take the castle? Stormset, I think. Yeah, so. he did. He did take Stormset, right? Didn't they shadow baby okay. that, or was that the books? I know we were very confused. I remember being very confused about like the way they adapted the stuff. Remember when they had Mel like in the tunnel for no right, reason? Right, but there was no need to. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, they never had Stormset. I don't think. No, it didn't matter. Who cares about the Stormlands? Oh God. Maybe Brienne's father's ruler. So the girls? only place we know places we know have a ruler are the Crownlands, the Vale. The Iron Islands mm-hmm. and the North. Everything and else. Dorne. And well, okay, the Dorne. The Free Matriarchy has... is ruling the Riverlands. Yeah, like, okay. Oh, God. All right. Well, all right. Those are the, the nominees. God. And Tiffany Tali is ruling Dorne, the Reach. This Dorne thing it just pisses me off. Like, stop it. Stop it. Leave them alone. What prince? Of what house? <laughs> I mean, like, people have been, like, saying, like, hilarious things about how it's Quentin and he's just come back from Slaver's Bay and having just this <laughs> Oh, God, I, I love that. Oh. Please, someone write that fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> he, show, he shows up in Marine, it's Dario on the throne. Like, nah, man, just Mr. Sorry. By the way, does does Bronn get any uh, book snob cred points for trying to break Tyrion's nose? Because he's not supposed to have one. <laughs> No, he doesn't. But the I'm gonna book say references, no. the book references all, right, all go to the Never Have I Ever game. Alright, is it time to play Carol? It is. Can you send, can I you think send so. me Carol? I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I always forget to ask for this before. Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about the leaks, but oh, yeah, no, I guess there's no point. We could. I think we should do the leaks at the very end so people that don't want to hear them can turn off but so they get the Carol experience. Okay. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's do that because I want to do the leaks too. Okay, looking at Carol board. Time for Carol, which is just bingo, but we call it Carol because everything we do is called Carol in some way. That was our name for Cersei back in season five and most of season six. Before Uh, she like emerged from a chrysalis in a black battle dress. As Cheryl. Cheryl, (laughs) So the official Carol board, which will be linked in the post uh, on our website for this podcast, begins with a eunuch joke. Yes. Yeah, and it's kind of, it was almost like a eunuch joke subversion where it was Varus saying, no, no, for all you joke, cocks are important. <laughs> but it still counts as uh, joke yeah. around yeah. eunuch. Okay, I feel maybe right. a little bit of rage about that whole conversation. Yeah. Was there a non-versation at any point? I was getting progressively I, mean, I, I would qualify the whole thing where they're saying that, like, their marriage is not possible as a non-versation just because it was so dumb and... Yeah, I think that was full of non sequiturs. Yeah, the the Danny John stuff, or mm-hmm. yeah, the I mean, Tyrion conversation was there, also right? kind of conversational and playful. Which one? Which one yeah? yeah, the conversation with Sansa and Tyrion, where she was just like, "You are scared of her." Yeah, mm-hmm. that, okay. Or what about when he was talking to Cheryl, who was standing on the wall? Sudden conversation. Oh, that too. I mean, she they didn't do, answer, uh, so it doesn't count. She doesn't answer. Yeah, they do a lot. I would say yes. 
I say yes to conversation. Did Arya smirk this episode? Um, Not in the way she usually does. Did she smirk when she almost shot her boyfriend with an arrow? I don't think she did. I think she was just like... She definitely did eyebrows. There's a lot of Arya eyebrows in this episode. I noticed that. But it wasn't like her waif smirk or like the smirk from the season opener, you know? Yeah, there was no... Um, two women were antagonistic. I can't. I can't think of it. Sansa and Denny. I was kidding. Yeah. Okay, um, that was a sorry. jokey joke voice. Are women? Are women really ever antagonistic on this show? What? Mm. But hashtag woman on top. I would not say there was a poor Cheryl moment. No. Really? No. Even with Tyrion being like, "You love your children." Well, I mean, she looked touched for half a second and then had Masanda executed. Also, like, side tangent, D&D always call her Misande in the outside the episodes, and it drives me Yeah, they can't crazy. pronounce a goddamn thing in this goddamn show. They say everything wrong. Yeah. Of course, George R. R. Martin does pronounce it Viserys, so... <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Fatire. Jen. Oh, Roy Detrice, you're missed. Was there an O'Larry moment? Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was all like, oh, O'Larry. I think all <laughs> of the entire lead up to, to both, uh, both sex, rather, sorry, was uh, an O'Larry moment. Didn't yes. I? Yeah, when we were live blogging it, I was like, bad, Larry, you get back here. <laughs> uh, forced John and Danny romantic yeah. moment. They did make out. It forced John Danny, like, conflict moment more, but. It was romantic initially. Mm. It was definitely forced. Mm-hmm. And he took a long time to remember he's, he's making out with his aunt, so hey. Which shouldn't matter. Yeah. Well, he's a little <laughs> drunk. Uh, Deadpan's hair doesn't move. Always. Always. Yeah, mm-hmm. Season one or two callback. <laughs> Always. Yes. Ned's story. Uh, Ned's story. I don't think we got one. No. 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 Man, that's been a real dud. Huh. Someone is mean to Tyrion. I... Actually, don't yeah, Varys, Varys so. and Tyr- uh, Bron, Bron broke his nose. Oh yeah, Bron. Yeah, uh, Varys wasn't mean to him; he was just kind of talking through it with him. But you're right, Bron, one hundred percent. And Deadman told him to shut up a few times, didn't she? But she was kind of like equal opportunity <laughs> yeah, this episode. Yeah. So, was there a book reference? Yes. Yeah. The entire "Never Have I Ever" game that we saw was just everyone exchanging information they should have exchanged in their book. It has had the, oh, the book subplots. Yeah. What was also Bran's weird thing when Tyrion's talking to him and he's like, this wheelchair was invented Yeah, by... somebody's brother. Yeah, somebody was like asking me like, what nephew of thing? Darren that could possibly be? And I was just like, no, shut up. Why didn't he just reference the <laughs> Prince of Dorne? I don't know, it was also the nephew of Maegor the Third. Why didn't he just reference the other character Look, we, we don't know how many asses sat on the chairs. Yes, we do. We don't. We know exactly how many asses sat on that chair. We do not know how many asses sat on this chair on the show, so they can just technically. If only we could count to 17. It's just so sad. They are so uninterested in the very detailed uh, um, Targaryen history that Mm -hmm. we can just randomly invent nephews of kings who had wheelchairs. uh, They left that door open, (laughs) let's be fair. I mean. We still are in a universe where Rhaegar has had two egg on <laughs> so... I'm still not over Mago the Third, so... Alright, so Dark, you can't see anything? No, I don't think not so. Not really, no. Uh, yeah. No, everything's pretty well lit. Wow. Well, well, oh, thank God. Even the, even the sex scene. Like, yeah, yeah. you can see everything. There was sex. Right, sex. Cool. There was sex. There was sex. Popping Lord of the Rings, yes. Popping, 
Yes. <laughs> Mouth of Sauron. Uh, no one listens to Sansa. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Danny yeah. just like. I mean, like, they kind of come to the realization on their own by the end of the episode, but she's been saying, Uh like, this woman is not trustworthy the whole time. And also resting the troops. Yeah, resting the troops, definitely. Mm. Bran's robot voice was on full display. Was was, Royce in this episode? Yes, he was. He moved veil troops from the battle table and was wearing his breastplate. Of course, okay. Uh, Slow walk across the screen. Tyrion towards the the city wall. Yes. And then it was Davos folksy at all? Yes. Was Davos on this episode? Yeah, he cheered on Gendry when he was promoted. Oh, that's definitely folksy. Done. Uh, yeah, and him oh and my who God. had that conversation with? He had a conversation with Sandor about how everything is shit. Who would he have that conversation with? Torment. Torment, right. Sorry. That was Torment. Torment was, but... was uh, bemoaning his him being uh, group cock-blocked and, and did that to Sandor, and Sandor was like, fuck off. Euron mm. <laughs> uh, did not mention Theon. I don't think we're going to get that square again. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, By the way, dead. my favorite moment of this episode was Sansa giving Theon the Stark bin to be burned with. Oh, that, that was, was nice. That was nice. They were friends. Mm-hmm. They had soup. Uh, whites weren't in this episode because LOL. Oh, yeah, I guess we're not uh, going to get those squares g- anymore. Damn. We should replace yeah. those. Oh. Gen- Gendry looking hot. I think Gendry always is looking hot. Uh, he was looking more he adorable was than huge. hot. I think he looked a little pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> He had puppy eyes. That's You're my idiot. forever girl. <laughs> You're my forever girl. <laughs> I hate you. Were there subtitles? I mean, I don't think Dracarys was translated. No, I don't think No. Well, I mean, they killed off all the people that right, spoke a exactly. different language, so. And then the inverse episode title yep. spoken aloud. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I think we got one bingo. I don't think we did very well because the middle board wasn't filled. <laughs> right, so we got the second to last row across. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've got. But that's just the official one. Tell us your carol board combinations. <laughs> Maybe you got one too. Remember uh, when everybody no. was calling Sansa a traitor and unreasonable for saying they should arrest the troops? No, oh, for fuck's sake. <sighs> All right. Like, why are you antagonizing if- her, Sansa? <laughs> If you guys are listening to this podcast and you care about spoilers for the rest of the season, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're doing here, but welcome, friend. Uh, We are going to be talking about spoilers, however, uh, like leaks, potential leaks, because uh, all Mm -hmm. of this episode had leaked. So, and that comes from someone who had leaked other plot points, too. Yeah, like, basically... The episode leaked and it confirmed what one person had been saying was yeah. going to happen mm-hmm. on the show. So then there's other plot points that we need to talk through. So, yep, we, we're we going to jump into it like right now. We're not going to do music cue or anything. So get out of here. Uh, so season long spoilers for the end of it. Because basically what one person had said is that. Um, and this is the same person who was like, yeah, Arya kills the Night's King. And everyone's like, that's too dumb to happen. <laughs> so people kind of like dismissed him. Uh, but then also it was like, Rhaegal gets shot down. Uh, mm-hmm. Masanda gets executed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jamie betrays oh, the North. And people are like, Jamie won't betray the North. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, <sighs> it's kind of cute that we all believed in his actual character arc for like a hot mm. second. Mm. Yeah, so then Varus, based on these same leaks, and, and not all of these are coherent, and some of them seem a little contradictory. So, like, 
just remember the leakers don't always have complete information and multiple scenes were filmed at times. So I'm just going to like read it out. Uh, Basically Danny's army is going to capture Jamie, but Brienne can't, Brienne can't reason with him. So I guess she comes down to join the party at some Mm -hmm. point. Uh, Sansa tells Tyrion that Jon is a Targ who tells Varys. Varys betrays Danny because he thinks Jon will be a better king. Like, yeah, that's obviously happening. But what about I choose you, Danny Chu? Danny has Varys executed and Danny assaults King's Landing in a one-sided fight. I don't actually understand how it's so one-sided when, like, I don't know, Cersei seems to have a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a dragon. Yeah. Uh, Tyrion asks her to show mercy. Danny refuses. Tyrion frees Jamie to try and get Cersei out of the city. Why? Wow. Why? It's all for the fetus. <sighs> Drogon burns King's Landing and Euron's, Euron's fleet. Sure. Why didn't she burn the fleet when she had the chance? The Clegane Bowl happens and they both die. This or all like, sounds totally possible so far. One of them is already dead, the other is planning on it's it. It's like Sandor Mercy killing an already wounded mountain is another possibility. I don't know. Jamie fights Euron and kills him, but is mortally wounded in the exchange, and he makes it to Cersei, and they die <sighs> together. Him fighting Euron as somehow is... That, that's probably the I mean, they have that whole conflict and, like, history, yeah. because once Euron asked him for sex advice... Danny yeah, okay. starts executing everyone in King's Landing. Parentheses, Tyrion and John are upset. <laughs> uh, but like, like everybody, everybody, like random denizens? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go full tilt, I guess go full tilt. John tries to talk to Danny, but she is, ignores him, thinking he's justified. Uh, Tyrion and Sansa begin to scheme together against Danny, but then Sansa's somehow Didn't going to betray Tyrion despite promising to rule together? Like, I don't know how credible uh, any of these are getting. Logistically, that'd be difficult, too, because Sansa's in the north. Yeah. yeah. No, if she could just warp down, then that's not a problem. Um, well, if Brienne shows up for another cry fest at Jamie, maybe Sansa came with her. Oh, yeah, maybe. And honestly, my pet peeve theory for this is that um, Sansa... Um, that Sansa betrays Tyrion because Tyrion is siding with Larry and Larry broke Brienne's heart and Sansa and Brienne are friends now. Or have been for a few seasons, actually. <laughs> that has a lot more thought uh, put into it than this show generally has. I know. I, I, I can't. These are all jumbled, but basically, Tyrion's going to get executed by Danny. John kills Danny. <laughs> like he's the one who has to stop her. Yeah, because she goes, she goes full on like Ares during the final siege. <laughs> I know someone hmm. takes out. I thought someone takes out Grey Worm because the Unsullied go crazy too, but maybe another leak says that's not the case, so I don't, I don't really know. And then uh, John's outcome is uncertain. Either a new Night's Watch forms or he dies. Yeah, apparently cause... they filmed two endings because huh. it's just so, like, that's what everybody wants to know. And he'd, like, commit suicide or something if he died, I think. Crime that... resource allocation. But it's also possible that, like, we're not done with the dead. Bren's just going to say something in the last episode, like, we're never done with the dead. And then <laughs> a new Night's Watch forms, I guess. Lovely. Would have been great if you mentioned that this episode before the dragon, you know, departed. I mean, what's the new Night's Watch going to start on? Like, hiring, like, 100,000 builders to fix that big old hole in the wall? Like, that's, that's probably going to take them a couple, what, hundred years to fill that in? 
<laughs> yeah, the bunch of magic that they right? don't have. Like, what are yeah. they gonna do? Like, get magi over from Essos to fix that shit? Like, I don't know. Is magic even I, a I thing? Could, I mean, I don't, again, I don't hate the idea of Daenerys dying and not ultimately being on the Iron Throne, but I also, like, I don't know. I, I think that it's such a hard, it's such a hard pivot for the show. Yeah, like I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hate the idea of like her plotline being basically her like being ground down by the patriarchy, but like okay, so this the leaks I saw had this that um, Danny dies and John is kind of framed for this, or it looks like he did it, and then they destroy the throne and <gasps> John goes beside in the north. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that so, that they're going to destroy the Iron Throne. Green eyes, green eyes. Maybe Arya gets to shut green eyes. Maybe Arya kills Danny. Oh God! But her and eyes are blue. Oh, her eyes are blue. Oh, good God! Well, she's allowed to kill more blue eyes, right? <laughs> she already has eyes. Is plural. Um, it could be as many blue eyes as you want. I I don't know. I mean these these leaks always like you read them and you're like I don't see how this is going to happen and then it happens and you're like oh okay I get it now. So mm-hmm. take all of this with a grain of salt, but like I know this all sounds so incredibly plausible. <laughs> yeah, and like Danny it obviously does. is about to go ape shit and burn everything down. Like yeah. that's that's what's happening. That's what I mean. Like up. you can see that they had they added like some redness around her eyes yeah. to make her look yeah, kind of like crazy. a Sith, like a Sith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like I don't I don't really get so this is why I keep saying it's a hard pivot because I don't really get what they thought they were doing when they were coming to conquer Westeros like what did you think it was going to be a nice like handshake kind of like sign a contract no, no, she came meeting? to liberate Westeros Caroline <laughs> but she's a conqueror not a queen and a queen not a butcher and came to bring not you. here to make friends but here to make but here to save people I, I don't know she's not here to put people in chains she's not here to bring peace with the sword <laughs> Um, wait, apparently there's now someone saying House Dalt is ruling Dorne? I think that that must be a joke. <laughs> is that an actual house in Dorne? Yeah, yes. they're landed knights. Okay. Jeez. Oh. What about Oprah's a, other daughters? I think the most possible explanation if all of the Martells are dead is the Iron no, Woods, but, the, but this is Drake not a conversation we're going to have because it's too dumb. Oh, but but Orborn has five other daughters. He says in the show he has eight daughters. They're all bastards. So? So? I don't care if they're a bastard. The Maybe Ilaria was never actually princess. She was just like this crazy lady <laughs> doing what she wanted. And like Andrew Zyber is off screen. Like. She kind of she kind yeah. of got the seat of power the same way Cersei did. She was just in the room and the seat was there. No, not Anders Ironwood. Desi Dalt, obviously. He's been ruling it all. He's the true power. <laughs> well, he does have all that prime beach real estate. <laughs> And lemon money. <laughs> We're just gonna go off on our little Dorn black hole now. <laughs> so wait, wait. I have, I have a question. I have a question. Sorry, it's just to end. John's gonna kill yeah. Danny. How? Mm-hmm. What? Are they gonna like, like, like stab is he gonna her? Stab her? Is he gonna crying. like crush her? Is he gonna push her off a cliff? Or, like what? Like, no, he's probably he's, gonna stab her while crying. That's my guess. He's probably yeah. gonna pull like a Jamie Lannister, and then it's gonna Strangle be symbolic because it's like, oh my god. No, he's gonna stab I'd... her in the stomach like Jamie did to okay. Ares. And it's gonna in the throne room and everyone's gonna be like, Oh my god, this is so deep because Ned vilified Jamie for it, but now here's John doing it to Tanny. I don't know. And Jamie is melting upstairs. She has to die in a way that parallels Ares because they don't have an original thought. I do in think head. it's really cold to think that like it, again, if they're really earnestly in love and this is not just like she's earnestly in love with him and he's like just kind of not that into it you know but if he's earnestly in love with her the idea that he would 
kill her is guys, like really out of left field. Guys. No, yes, oh like, mercy God, I killed her though. I figured it out. Remember when Danny said she could she should they should stay there forever in the first episode? They're not going to call back to Eris' death, they're going to call back to Egret's death. Aya's going to shoot, step, kill her. And she's going to head die nod, and jump on. Head nod. Oh, wow. Uh, and she's going to head nod, and John is going to be like, we should have stayed at by uh, those waterfalls. So I want to again. laugh, but that sounds so perfectly it's, possible. It is perfectly possible. They foreshadowed <laughs> it. She had the line in the first episode. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, you cracked this, it. This... So one, thing I, one closing thing I want to ask, too, is that when Danny. Like we said, we said, why didn't Cersei fire on the dragon and and the war there and like the three unsullied and Danny? Mm-hmm. Like they were within firing range. Yeah, right? oh, absolutely. Those are, those are mm-hmm. shot into the air. Yes, like yes, they were within firing <laughs> yeah. range. Okay, because like Griffin was yelling this as that whole scene was going on to the point where I couldn't hear. Tyrion <laughs> Cersei could have just framed herself as the savior because she sl- she slew the dragon right then and there if she just given the commando to fire. Oh my god, what the hell? The poor people of King's Landing <laughs> in uh-huh. the show, like, now so they're much. great. They had their fucking Vatican blown up and now they're uh-huh. grateful to the woman who did it because she's protecting them from the bad dragon. Like, like what is this show? <laughs> Where are they pooping? I'm serious. I mean, if only Deadpan knew all she had to do was throw them a parade. (laughs) (laughs) But Deadpan doesn't have enough people left to throw a parade. Mm. And those Unsullied aren't very cheerful. Maybe if she steps like a banner to Drogon and just has has, like a friendly message on it and she flies over the city. (laughs) It's like a blimp. Oh god! All right, guys. I think we've I think we've milked this as much as we can. Oh yeah, we we've exhausted <laughs> okay. this episode and talked for even longer than it was somehow. As we yeah. always do, we always do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank um, you so much for bearing with us, uh, Yana. You yes. are always a yes. delightful guest to have. Um, I have a thing to say. I'm sorry if we wind this down because um, I just want to sh- do a shout out to my good friend Val. I hope she's pronounced that way. Who today got her confirmation that she is going to graduate or has graduated with summa cum laude or whatever you pronounce it, and that's great. Woo! And yay, Woo! and I love you, and all that. And uh, she's been a listener to this podcast and is being is always very excited when I come on them. So hi, yay! Congratulations! Hello. I mean, clearly our listeners are very smart. <laughs> So this does not shock me <laughs> yeah. at all. She has a de- she got her degree in creative writing and she won a prize for her honor thesis. <laughs> she could give yeah, the well, really love this show then. <laughs> hopefully she wasn't spoiler phobic and yeah. down. <laughs> no, we've discussed this leaks and already. <laughs> okay. They- God. She and other friends kind of suffer with me through this. Uh, yeah, everyone else, thank you for bearing with us while we talked through the leaks. Um I know that was very unstructured, but like, what, what, what are we about yeah. to watch in the next I, two weeks? I didn't even yell about Jamie. Oh my god! No, I mean, at this point, is it possible to even feel anything? It, like, yeah, it's so that's like, um, like I'm not even like emotionally invested because it's so far removed from the actual story. It is mm-hmm. amazing that D and D still find ways to shock me and how bad this is, though. Like, this was a new low. This episode, I think. In just how unmotivated everything was, and how out of nowhere Mad Queen Danny. I don't know. Had. I felt very season five, six vibes happening. Mm. I, I don't, yeah. and the reason I don't is because like 
I said this before, but you can get from point A to point B in season five. It's not good and it's not a pleasant <laughs> ride and I don't like either point, but it follows. This is just around the corner is hiding the entire Iron Fleet and Rhaegal's dead now. What? I mean... <laughs> or, Varys, or Varys in one episode being like, yeah, we should fucking take her out. I mean, didn't season yeah. five have like the magical... Um, I'm sorry, I can't think of the word. The magical suddenly set on fire. Emulating? I can't think of the word. The magical set on fire, uh, Stannis Camp, and Ramsey's 20 Good Men. But that was still seeded. It was still like, I'm taking 20 Good Men to do this. It's not good Is that seeding? Is that seeding? Or is that... Yeah, like the, like the BBC said, there, there used to be a middle to these nonsensical plots. Now it's just a beginning and an end. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Sometimes I'm not they say- skip the beginning. <laughs> right. I'm not saying it was good at all. I'm just saying, yeah. like, suddenly, bam, blah, everyone's so worried about Danny to the point that Varys is seriously talking about executing her. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, we're just in this spotlight now. You, you know, Sansa just is holding a raven three seconds later to tell Jamie what happened. Like, it, it's just, it just And felt- he's going to be there next, next week. It just felt dumber than normal, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it felt normally dumb to me, but okay. <laughs> you will let us know. Did you guys think it was dumber than normal or normally dumb? <laughs> and what about those implausible possibilities? All right. Thank you so much for bearing with us. And we will be here and talk to you next time. We love you all. Bye. Bye. We were gonna last year when we could live without fear But now the fandoms reappeared To heap on empty praise and cheer the nonsense in the pit Didn't alert viewers to this shit So once again the show won Cause now Emmys just mean fun We've made it here to season 8 Where there are clear simplistic stakes Though we must appreciate the idiocy of our characters Face revolting to the end Who knows how it'll offend Cause this show sucks Game of Thrones sucks Game of Thrones sucks Game of Thrones sucks Game of Thrones It's it's just bad It's bad Take my word for it It's bad Gendry That's right, isn't it? Yes, Your Grace You're Robert Baratheon's son You are aware he took my family's throne and tried to have me murdered. I didn't even know he was my father until after he was dead. Yes. He's dead. His brothers are too. So who's Lord of Storm's End now? I don't know, Your Grace. Does anyone? I think you should be Lord of Storm's Hand.